0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Join me in the book of Romans tonight, chapter 1. Romans chapter number 1. Brought your Bibles with you. Romans chapter number 1. Did you ever hear anybody say this? You know, life doesn't come with an owner's manual. You've heard that before, right? But we know better, don't we? Because when you're a child of God, you have the Word of God. You know the Word of God gives us everything we need for life, right? And the Bible, as we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks, um, gives us these guidelines for living, you know, and speaks on every subject, correct? Uh, But gives us guidelines for life. We have, we have, think about this, we have the Big Ten, right? The Big Ten, Book of Exodus, the Big Ten. And number one, number one on the list of the Big Ten is what, class? It. Say it with confidence. Yeah. What did he say? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So number one on the list of the Big Ten is? No other gods. Right? So the Bible gives us guidelines to live by. And there's more than ten. You know? That's a pretty good place to start, don't don't, don't you think? Uh, So have no other gods before me. So let's pause just for a moment and reflect. What 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 is a God? Have no other gods before me. So what, what is a God? We talked about this. Over the last couple of Wednesday evenings. What is a God? John? So Say it again. A top priority in your, in your, in your life. Okay? Well, what is a God? <clears throat> Nobody? Tired? Stace? you're your trust in to, to meet and satisfy you? Yeah. Something you're putting your trust in to satisfy you? Is that what you said? okay yes he's like your king you can depend on him for everything right yeah something that controls your life good you want me to summarize for you let me summarize what they all just said so what is a God here's what we said a God is who or what you worship right it's who or what you worship. Sometimes it's not a who. Sometimes it's a what. Right? Uh, let's broaden that. It's who or what you place your focus on. It's who or what you serve. Here, here's, here's number one on my list. It's who or what you build your life around. Right? So, having said that, who is your God? What is your God? What have you built your life around? Right? Who are you trusting in, depending upon, leaning on, focusing your attention on, sacrificing to? Who are you worshiping? Right? So, who do you worship? John, do you want to comment? that uh, people that say well I don't believe in God, I'm an atheist they're actually worshipping their religion or their, their concepts of atheism or their whole tent like Darwin, Darwinism so they're worshipping that is that that is a right, everybody has a center focus and that becomes your God correct, and you know we said this and pay attention right here, we said this in the beginning of our study We're going to get to Romans 1 in just a moment. God is omniscient, you know? He knows everything. Everything from the past, everything that's going on right now. He not only knows tomorrow, but He's already there. I'm thankful for that. Because when I show up, wherever I have to show up tomorrow, He's already going to be there, you know? And tomorrow I may have to show up in some unpleasant place. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. He do. And he's already there right he's omniscient and because he's omniscient now pay attention to this listen to this line of reasoning because he's omniscient he said in the very beginning when humankind was forming he gave them some guidelines to live by and the very first one was no other gods he was omniscient he looked down the road and knew our propensity for replacing him or for allowing other things to get in the way he kind of understood the weakness of humanity to fall in love with things or people and make that the focus of their life or the hub of their life where they build their life around it correct and i'm not going to get into all the different things that sometimes we build our lives around but i think you get the gist right And so God's omniscient, and and He begins to, in the very beginning, He begins to establish guidelines that will help us stay healthy and happy, that will help us to enjoy Him and experience Him and serve Him and worship Him. Correct? As you travel over into the New Testament, we find Bible verses like Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 24. Look at the screen. No man can serve two masters. Have we found that to be true yet? For either he will hate the one, love the other, or hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Or he said this, basically what he's saying is, you can't worship God in money. Right? Although some people try, you can't can't do both. It's one or the other. I love the story where Jesus is talking to that rich young guy in the Bible. And he says to him, you know, Lord, you know, having dialogue, and the Lord says, well, do this, that, and the other. And the young man says, well, Lord, I've, I've, I've done that. I mean, I, I do that. I live like that. And the Lord, there was no rebuttal, Don. No rebuttal. The Lord said, no, you don't. He the Lord didn't say that. The Lord said, okay, then go and give all, right? And that young man had a little issue there, didn't he? Well, I'll keep those. However, I can't, right? And so the Lord knew, and the New Testament follows it up. In the New Testament, you cannot worship God in money. And so even though people try, you can't. But there are some who live for money, right? They sacrifice to money. I mean, just, that's all they live for. It's all they... And then we remember this, last week Paul said this, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. Verse 18 talks about the enemies of the cross. You know, Paul said this, he said, follow me. Mark me as an example as a Christian. Just follow me. And for those who don't, then mark them as enemies of the cross. And one of the ways you'll be able to determine whether or not they're an enemy of the cross is their God is their belly. Or in other words, what he's saying is they worship their desires. They live for pleasure. We know a lot of people like that. Right? You with me? Have no other gods. And then you come to this great passage of Scripture in Romans chapter number 1. And, uh, and I think this is intriguing. Look at verse number 25. We're going to go back and study out the text. But look at verse 25. It says this, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen? amen. <laughs> That's what the Bible said, amen. Did you, did you see that? Did you see that verse of Scripture? Uh, Notice they changed the focus of their worship. Did you see that? Let me draw your attention there again. They changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped. Look here. They didn't stop worshipping. These folks didn't stop worshipping. They just changed the focus of their worship, right? So they went from worshipping God, the creator, and now they're worshipping what? The creature, the creature. I, I would say it this way. They built their lives around themselves. Correct? You know what a, a narcissistic person is? You know what narcissism is? Who can tell me? What, what's it mean to be narcissistic? It's all, it's all about yourself, right? It's all about you. You're the center of your universe. Correct? It's me, 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 I, 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 I. my, 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 my. It's me, me, me right? Narcissism. And so what, what you find here in verse number 25 is interesting because he says have no other gods, but you have a group of individuals here who now change the focus from God, the creator, to the creature or to themselves. And I think this is a proof text for humanism. Does so you know what humanism is? At the core, give me a real simple definition for humanism. Are you with me, church? Of man. I'm sorry. Happiness of man. The happiness of man. The happiness of man. Humanism. Am going to broaden that humanism? You can't be wrong. You're in church, John. That's big uh, envision the humanist manifesto. vision envision a world without God. Say that nice and loud, John. In the humanist manifesto, that was written I think in 1973. We talk about a world without God. A world without God. The Humanist Manifesto. Sitting in the pews, we have a scholar. Like that. That's their mission statement. Here's humanism. It's a system of beliefs that's removed God from reality. At at the core, humanism. Humanism. It's all about. It's all about me. Right? Look at that text again. I don't want you to miss this. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Why in the world would God need to talk to a nation that he chose in the very beginning, who he's going to, you know, pour out his blessing upon, show his favor to? He's going to use this uh, nation to kind of present himself to the world, why would he have to say to them and to generations to follow, have no other gods? Why would he have to say that? Why would we have to tell our children when they go over to the neighbor's house or to the church member's house, make sure you say thank you. Make sure you behave yourself. I'll know. Years ago, my mother used to say, I'll know. I used to say, no, you won't. But now, there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> you know, mom's probably got a camera on me someplace, you know? I don't know. I mean, why do we have to tell our children that? Why? As a parent, why? Because we're born sinners. Yeah, you're born sinners, and you, you, know, you know the propensity of your children. You know the weakness of the human nature. So God says to us, have no other gods. And yet, we find people worshiping money. We find people worshiping pleasure. You find people worshiping self right so let's do this let's walk this back uh, just a little bit and 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 find some interesting things look at something that i find interesting in this text in verse 21 it says this uh it says because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god you see that so here's individuals that have they've taken their focus off of god and have placed it upon themselves, or the creature. They've changed their worship, right? They now, they're now building their lives around the creature, and these are individuals who, who knew God. For some reason, you're not getting this, or you're just not happy about something tonight. They knew God. Look at verse number 19. It says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. I mean, they had knowledge, of who God was, and yet they choose to change their focus of worship. It's interesting, isn't it? They replace the creature for the Creator. So, walking it back, we have to go back to verse number 19, or verse number 18, and I want you to see something here. Look what it says in verse 18. Let's do a little Bible study here in this text. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, right? See the mention there of God's wrath? You see that? God's wrath. Talk to me a little bit about God's wrath. Let me, let me get your feel on this. When, when that verse talks about God's wrath, wrath. What, what is it talking about? Come on, Maurice. God's anger, okay? Done? His judgment. What'd you say? Punishment. Come on. Somebody say something? (laughs) Wrath. Somebody give me something. Come on, man. Cross. Who? The cross. cross. So now put this together. Somebody said anger. Who said anger? Maurice said anger. You said punishment. Somebody said judgment? He said the cross. Just think for a second. I know it's Wednesday night, man. I know you're tired, but did you just hear what has happened there? Anger, judgment, punishment, cross. I couldn't, I I don't have that in my notes. That was perfect. Barry, don't mess it up. That was too good. (laughs) Don't say a word. That was too good. Huh? So, Look at verse 18 again. For the wrath of God. The wrath of God. Man, it sounds scary. Right? It didn't say the peace of God or the love of God or the joy of God or the blessing of God. No, the wrath of God. You just don't even say that with a smile. Hey, I'm praying the wrath of God all over you today. No, it just doesn't work. What do you think about? You think about anger. You think about punishment. You think about judgment. Then you think about the cross amen. huh let me let me just share with you what i believe the wrath of god in this text implies are you listening real good accountability accountability uh, god's not looking to punish humanity are you with me you ought to say amen right there amen. god's not looking to punish us uh, but he does hold us accountable right why I'll tell you why he holds us accountable because they knew the truth and God holds us accountable for what we know that changes the whole direction of that verse huh does God get angry yes does God punish I guess in a way does God judge for sure But the whole reason for all of that is because God holds us accountable. He holds us accountable. Uh, They knew the truth but did not deal justly with the truth, and so God holds humanity accountable. Look at the main target of his judgment. In verse number 18, it's ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So they know the truth. But they're not practicing the truth they're not following the truth and now god holds them accountable you see that and and by the way i'm that's not some modernistic contemporary weak pussyfooting definition of wrath that's bible because when god holds you accountable you've been held accountable And what is he going to hold you accountable for? What you know. What you know. Huh? And so every time you say, I know that, okay. It's another thing to be held accountable for. I know that. I know that. See, judgment, see, God is just, but he's also fair. And you know why I say he's fair? Because judgment is based upon knowledge. God doesn't judge people for what they don't know. He bases that knowledge, uh, that, that judgment upon what they do know or what they do with what they know. Right? Huh? It's kind of like James, James chapter number 4. You remember this Bible verse? Years ago we used to look at this. Wow, you're really dead. You're really dead. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. You know what he's saying there? Same thing, the same thing Romans chapter 1 verse 18 says. For the wrath of God is revealed against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Or in other words, God will hold us accountable for what we know. What is sin? Sin is when you don't do what you know is right to do, or when you do something you know is wrong to do. That's sin. It's based upon what? Knowing. Knowing. Knowledge. Knowledge. You know the truth, but you reject the truth. You see that? God's wrath. God's, God's wrath. Then in verse number 25, we see a denial. Who he says here, um, I'm sorry, verse number 20. Look at verse number 20. He says, "For the invisible things of Him, uh, for, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead." I want you to read that last verse with me, or last portion of the verse with me, so that they are without excuse. excuse. Now, who's he speaking about? Well, he's speaking about those in verse number 18. Those who knew God, right? And those who rejected God. And basically, he says here in verse number 20, they are without excuse. So they can't come along and say, well, we never knew. They did know. And what you see here is a denial. The argument here is that God made himself known to humanity. However, humanity chose not to glorify him as God. They neglected to be thankful for his provision. You see that? And they became vain and dark in their minds. Look at it again. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was was darkened. So look at that portion where it says the invisible things of him have been made known. Well, what's what's that a reference to here? Verses twenty and twenty one. God's made himself known to humankind. How? Donald? I'm sorry? You see the result of rejecting truth God reveals himself what comes after that because of Yeah. But how how did he reveal himself? How did he make himself known? Psalm I'm sorry? Psalm nineteen? <laughs> Pardon me heavens the, glory. the heavens declare the glory of God you see that right but but just according to this text stay true to that text how did God reveal himself look, look at the Bible yeah. creation. creation creation the heavens declare the glory of God so humanity can look out God says they can look at creation and creation declares there's a God There's a God, right? There's a God. But not only that, there's another. Look at verse number 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their what? Imaginations. Imaginations. So God has revealed himself to man in two specific ways, one through creation and the second way through conscience. 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 It's in there. John says this in John chapter number one that there's, there's a little light in every man that's come into the world. You know what that light is? That light is truth. There's enough truth inside of us that would lead us to more truth. So between creation and conscience, we get to know God. You with me? And so, what God does, because He's a fair God, He's a just God, but a fair God, He bases judgment. Or accountability upon knowledge, and here's what he says when they knew me, that that knowledge was inside of them, they chose to reject me. No other gods. Well, the part that says, a uh, foolish heart is dark, and that, that, that means I think that God, God keeps shining his light, but after a while, he keep rejecting it, it holds him in terms of itself. It's no more light. Yep. Exactly. Well, that's where we're going to go next, John. you looking at my notes, too? John's speaking at my notes, right? So I want you to see how that works. Uh, again, another, another interesting Bible verse. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this about judgment. Again, a result of man without excuse. Jesus said, not one that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. He said this, many will say to me in that day, Lord... Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Listen to this. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. He said, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Are you with me? So there's a denial here, God's denial. And God says they're without excuse because they had the knowledge of me through creation and through conscience. But look at verse number twenty-two. It says, "Professing themselves to be wise, they became became fools. They became fools." Long time ago, studying the book of Proverbs, I wanted to. I just, Bubby, I wanted to know what that word "fool" meant. I just wanted, what does it mean to be foolish? What does it mean to be classified, labeled as a fool? And I'll never forget this definition that I came upon, and I've been clinging to it for a long, long time. A fool is someone who has missed the whole purpose of life. It's a foolish person. And we've said in the very beginning, our very first study here, if you took some notes, we said the whole purpose of life is to know God, experience God, enjoy God, share God, 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 God. Whole purpose of life, that's why we're here. But these folks, they, they changed their focus. Their worship now is on the creature, not the creature. They missed the whole purpose of life. And so what does the Bible say? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Fools. And then finally, I want you to see in verse number 26, these words, these, these are sad words. For this cause, God gave them up. Do you ever give up on somebody? I mean, really give up on somebody? Huh? It takes a little bit to really give up on somebody, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes you say, "You know what? I'm done with them." And then they give you a call and yeah, they smooth you and, "All right, I'll meet you for call. Come on over. Okay, I'll drive you." Hmm. And then they do the very same thing, and you say, "That's it. I'm done with them." Right? Ever happened to you? Huh? You know, sometimes you make me feel like I'm not the only person in this room. <laughs> I'm done with them. That's it. But you know, there are some times when you're really done with them. Right? You ever been really done with somebody? Well, in this text of Scripture, when God says he gave them up, he gave them up. Uh, look at it again. Go down the the line with me here Uh, in verse number 24. uh, Go up, up, he says, wherefore God also gave them up. Verse 26, God gave them up. God gave them up. So I wrote this down. This is God's disappointment. God's disappointed. So you know what he did? Gave them up. So what did he give them up to? I think this, I think he turned them over to themselves. When they, pay attention here, when they gave up on God, God gave up on them. When man gave up on God, God gave up on man. And he turns them over, he says here, to their vile affections. This is what you were hinting to, Donald, right? The result of, look what he says. Let's read this a little bit. He says, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Somebody say, say, what? Huh? Do I need to explain that? We're living that today, right? Even their women. And then verse 27, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Wow. This, this may have been written like last week. Huh? See, preacher, why are you, pa- why are you preaching on this? Why are you doing these Bible studies? Are you serious? Amen.
0: That's right.
1: That's right. What was you about, let me tell you, Mary had a little lamb, fleece as white as snow. Go home and be happy when the world around us is crumbling, when there's no America listed in the future. Because the church is so weak today. That's why. Thank you. I was just going to ask her who was calling. She was ordering pizza or something. This was getting good. She's going to order a pizza and stick around for a little bit. it says, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, what happens? God gave them over to a. A reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. Isn't that sad? Re- you know what a reprobate mind is? It's a mind that is morally corrupt. I think about Genesis chapter number six when I think about reprobate. You know what happens in Genesis chapter number six? We we have God's assessment of humanity at that time. And you know what God said about humanity at that time? The only thing they think about the only thing that their mind is consumed with is doing evil. He says, "If repents, if I could, I wouldn't even have made man." The only thing on their mind was to reprobate, morally corrupt. All they were thinking about was sin. All they were thinking about was how can I satisfy myself? Isn't that interesting? Now listen to this statement, and I hope you agree. It's not God that has worked to destroy humanity. Humanity is destroying humanity. Right? Now think about that. The next time you think, I missed I, I miss my Bible reading, and on the way to work, I got a flat, God's mad at me." Huh? <laughs> that's that guilt machine that many of us have in our brain. You know, God's always looking to punish me. No, no, no. God's looking, to, God's looking to bless us and love us and encourage us and show His favor to us and forgive us. And, you know, he, He's, looking, He's looking to find us doing something right, not something wrong. He's not destroying humanity. Boy, look what God is doing. He's turned. No, no, no. Humanity has did this to themselves right? Yeah. And when we turn from God, we turn to corruption. Amen. And that's why from the very beginning, you know, in, in, in the list of guidelines, the very first one, have no other gods, because God knew the fruit of it. Yeah. The fruit of turning from Him, the fruit of it, is everything we just read in that text of Scripture. Let's read on and we'll finish. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them. Wow. Isn't that something? And so, my question again, who's your God and who or what do you worship? Because God holds us accountable for what we know. Correct? And again, I want to go on the record by saying, that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to love your children. Huh? Huh? and do everything you can for your kids. It doesn't mean you can't love hobbies, and I'm using the word love. We have passion toward it, right? I don't I don't love fishing like as much as I love my wife or in the same way as I love my wife. It's two different kinds of loves. But I love the fish. I don't know how else to say it. Right? It's not saying you can't have a life outside of the walls of this church. It just means don't allow those things to take the place of God. And when they do, because sometimes they will, you confess it, and you get yourself refocused on what it needs to be on. God's still in that very same place, just waiting for you to come back and build your life around Him. Amen? No other gods. Good counsel, isn't it? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank You for allowing us to gather on this Wednesday evening and study Your Word Pray that you'll give us, Lord, a heart to hear your word this evening and give us the ability to introspect, begin to just evaluate where our heart's at. And even though we say we worship you and our life is focused on you, is it? And sometimes we stray, and when we do, I pray you'll nudge us back, lovingly guide us back into that uh, personal, close walk in relationship with you. May we each have our lives built around you knowing that you're the hub, you're the power, you're the source, you're the resource of our lives. Pray you'll take care of your people tonight. Give us grace. Look after those that are sick and afflicted. Pray you get us home safely. Give us a good end to the week, rest of the week. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen, church. You are dismissed. Have a good night.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today.